Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to So You're Getting Divorced, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sasheen, writer, author, educator, and divorce mentor, and author of the Amazon best-selling book, So You're Getting Divorced, Notes for the Journey. In this podcast, we tackle all the issues that come along with getting divorced and what you need to know in order to survive the process and thrive in the life after. So tune in, buckle up, and get ready because it's real talk from the doctor. Hey everybody and welcome back. It's Dr. Sasheen. So this week we are talking about money. Money is a contentious issue in marriage and it becomes a landscape riddled with landmines during the divorce. Um, It's probably, well, I'll get into some statistics here as we get into the episode, but you cannot talk about marriage or divorce without talking about money period. So in this episode, we're going to talk about knowing what your needs are, making sure that you fight for those needs. Um, Instead of devolving into fighting for every petty thing because you're just mad, you want to fight, especially when it comes to money, for the things that are most important to you, but you've got to face some things that you may not want to talk about. So here's the thing to remember as we go into this, money is always the issue underlying a lot of issues in marriage. So let's take a quick break from our sponsors and then we will dive into what price do you need? Yes, money matters just as much as happiness. All right, so there are few marriages that end without some issue around money. You can look at a lot of relationships that devolve into infidelity, that devolve into certain other really dark places and you can trace through that a line about money, whether that's mindset about money, too much money, the beliefs about money, uh, you know, money changes everything. Doesn't really matter whether there is a little bit of money or a lot of money or a lot, a lot of money. Think like Jeff Bezos kind of money, money, you know, at stake. This issue will make your divorce easier or harder because let's face it, he who has the money kind of gets to write the rules. And so you want to really take it seriously and you want to really think about what it is that you need and what it is that you need to know as you're preparing yourself for this battle ahead. Now, for those of you who are going to send me comments and say, well, my divorce is in a battle and everything is fine. That's great. If you all consciously decouple, consciously, excuse me, decouple, and you manage to play the money game in a way that everyone comes out happy and getting exactly what they want, more power to you. Like that's an amazing story. And I think that is wonderful, but it's not the story that I hear most often. So it's not the one I'm talking about today. You know, I just want to say at this stage in human relationship evolutionary history, the one thing that I firmly believe should be topic of conversation before you get married is whether or not you need a prenuptial agreement. And I'm going to tackle this in a different episode, but I just want to talk about it for just two seconds here, because whether you are worth $18,000 or $18 million, when if your marriage is going to end or is in the process of ending, or even if it's just hitting that rough patch, you just want some security of knowing where you stand (laughs) if things start to go south. And it's important to know where you stand if things start to go south because money makes the difference in how well or poorly you're going to do post-divorce. Because money issues are so troublesome, um, 
People who experience stress in their relationship tend to cite finances as the number one reason that they're getting divorced. Many issues, according to the Institute for Divorce Financial Analysis, are responsible for 22% of all divorces. And that's a pretty good number of people who are getting divorced because they are unable to master the money game together. They don't have the same money mindset together. Or they just, you know, they don't have enough or they have too much and don't know what to do with it. And it makes money the lead, the third leading cause of divorce overall. So infidelity being the first, um, money being the third. Money changes everything. Cindy Lauper had it right. So when you get married, chances are that you figured whatever issues were going to come up around money would just work themselves out because that's pretty much what the marriage industry and most counselors and most premarital counseling sessions um, would lead you to believe that, you know, you'll figure the money question out. You'll, you know, you'll figure out what to do about it or you'll figure out how to talk about it and you'll just figure it out. And there's not necessarily a concerted effort to sit down with people and say, how do you feel about money? What does it, what role does it play for you emotionally, psychologically? But when you're getting a divorce, those money things that you know, you thought would work themselves out in marriage, they don't get worked out in divorce either. In point of fact, what they become is something even more stress inducing because your own money mindset issues are going to come into play. And then you have this other person who no longer has the vested interest of making sure that you're okay. So they're going to treat money completely differently than you might have thought they would treat it in the past. When you're going through a divorce, some issues can become central to the negotiations for your potential future. This is one of those, I'm going to pause here and tell you a story. This is one of those places where it's really important to think about how you approach money. Because um, when you, what you may have thought was a frugal and desire to be good with money, when you're under stress, becomes a miser and a desire to hoard money because you're scared or you're afraid. Or maybe you saw that in your spouse where you're like, gosh, I knew that you were frugal, but now you're just miserly. Like you don't want to spend a dime on anything and I'm tired of being broke. And, or maybe it's the opposite end of the spectrum. What was lavish and a beautifully lavish, opulent and expensive life all of a sudden becomes arguments about reckless spending. And now you're arguing over the fact that we don't have any money because you spent all the money because you think that it's important to have a $500 this and a $10,000 that. And, 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 and now you've got what was once a money issue in your marriage that you managed in divorce is just a landmine waiting to get kicked off by every little thing. And what was more than enough money in marriage becomes not more than enough money in divorce, especially when you're dealing with issues such as alimony and child support. Again, these are just issues that you're going to have to deal with. Now, if you're a, the consciously uncoupling type and you're not going to have any of these issues, this is not for you. But if you're not and you're at this place where you're having to rebuild or you're getting ready to start the process or you're in the middle of the process or you're coming out of the process and you're like, I've just spent 20 grand to get divorced. Now what? You want to think about what is it that you need? What is it that you want? And how are you going to get it in this this process of divorce. So money maps are going to determine how the money issues play out. And you need to figure out what your money map is. And what that means is you need to figure out how you feel about money and how much money you need and where you're going to spend it and how you're going to acquire it 
and you and your soon-to-be ex probably didn't spend a lot of time discussing this before you got married, but you're going to discuss it now that you're divorced and you're going to discuss it with your attorney because your attorney needs to know how much money do you want? How much money do you think you want? What is it that you think you want the money for? Newsflash, not every state's going to give you alimony no matter how long you've been married, but some states are going to get out alimony. So be ready for that. Child support is a straight, is a straight calculation, but there are some caveats that can be added to and taken away. And so you really want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of money matters in your state, but also how money matters to you and what you can see that you need, not just in the moment of divorce, but also in the future. You know, one of the movies that I love is What's Love Got to Do With It, um, which is the life story of Tina Turner and her relationship with her then husband, Ike Turner. And when they divorced, I mean, if you don't know the story, please go get the movie and watch it. Or you can pick up her autobiography, which is entitled I, Tina, and read about it. But one of the things that always stuck out to me is during the courtroom scene when the great Angela Bassett, who played Tina Turner, sits in the chair and the judge uh, was dividing the assets and she insisted that she keep her name. And for those of you who don't know the backstory, Tina Turner was born Anna Mae Bullock. And when she became a singer with Ike Turner's band, he changed her name to Tina. Tina Turner didn't tell her, but changed her name to Tina Turner. So that's what she sang under. And so it was a it was a piece of property. It was a commodity. And when she was getting divorced, the only thing that she wanted to walk away from the marriage with was her name. She gave up a lot of everything else. But the power of the name Tina Turner, if again, if you somehow don't know who she is, I'm sorry. But the power of that moment set the tone for the rest of her life. Now, obviously, she had to get behind the name and continue to do the work necessary. But this is the key about understanding money in a relationship. Assets and value, uh, assets bring value to you. And you have to determine which assets you need, not just for the moment, but for your future, for the future of your family, for the future of your of your relationships, for the future of your business, whatever the case may be. You need to pick your assets wisely coming out of a divorce. So Let's get to some clearly real things that you need to think about. The first issue is how much money do you need? How much money do you need? You've been married for 10 years, 15 years, two years, and now you're separating your life. How much money do you need to move forward? How much money do you need to get by? And what do you need to set you up, not just for the day, but for the future? Think about Tina, the idea that she gave away income in exchange to keep her money, uh, excuse me, to keep her name. And in that exchange, she set herself up for, well, at this point, she is the queen of rock and roll. She has made above and beyond over a thousand times more than she ever would have made had she and I stayed together. And she has more than capitalized on that one decision in her divorce. So what are the places in your divorce as you look around asset-wise, that you can see if I fight for that, that will become something that I can use or that I'm currently use that will continue to allow me to be financially and fiscally successful and sound. So question number one, how much? How much now? How much later? And who's going to pay for it? Right? Who's going to pay for it? Some important truths that you're going to want to hammer out as you're answering that how much question, um, are things that you may not like, 
but they're things that you need to get a handle on. Number one, if all the money in your relationship is shared money, so it all goes into shared bank accounts, shared asset structures, shared properties, shared titles, you need to get it straight. Your standard of living is probably gonna go down. Even if you make $18 million, if you are now cut to say eight (laughs) or nine or $6 million, and the source of those millions is cut off. So you get a you get a lump sum settlement, but and it's a great settlement, but it's it. You don't get more of what's gonna come after. Then your standard of living and the way that you live is either gonna need to be modified severely at some point, or you're gonna have to start bringing in your own income if you aren't already. There's no way to maintain the same level of living if your income gets cut in half. Now, a lot of women don't like to hear that, but it's really important to recognize, and I, again, I'll discuss this in later episodes, I'm stressing, if you have a business or some kind of life before you get married, please, please, please consult someone about a prenuptial agreement. Protect your assets, not just for yourself, but for your spouse, who also has their assets protected, and for future children who may need to also have their assets protected. So hard truth number one, if all the money has been shared, you're gonna, get, you're gonna have to give up at least half of it, if not more depending on where you are in the process. And so your standard of living is gonna go down. And it may be that you move from the 10 bedroom mansion to the six bedroom mansion, but wherever you are in the process uh, of the social economic stratosphere, change is hard, it's difficult. You have to figure out what can I live on and how can I keep money flowing till I figure out what's next. Going back to my Tina story, she didn't walk out of the courtroom that day a millionaire. She walked out of that courtroom in debt up to her eyeballs. There were concert promoters to be paid. Tour dates had been canceled. She had zero money, no more Ike, no more venues. All she had left was her name. So her standard of living went way down before it boomeranged into the stratosphere. So that's something that you want to think about is how are you going to bring your standard of living where you want it to be? Because now it's all on you. Number two, you need to be realistic. Hard truth number two, you need to be realistic. Remember that landmine comment I made in the front, the beginning of the podcast? You're gonna feel a lot of feelings, especially if things are contentious, if there was infidelity or surprise children or something, you know, or bankruptcy. Maybe there's nothing, <laughs> nothing left. And now you're really mad because you invested with, with this person and there is nothing left to show for it. Whatever the case may be, you're gonna feel a lot of feelings. Feel your feelings, but you're not going to get to make really outrageous demands to get things back. You're not going to be able to go and walk into court and go, I'm going to take everything that this person owns. You're not going to get that option. You're not going to be able to do that because court doesn't work like the movies. It just doesn't. What does work is being realistic and not giving up, which leads to number three. Love will give you only so much money. And so please don't assume that you're going to be able to get the kind of money that you want and need, the kind of financial settlement that you want and need because the other person loves you. Because if they're smart, and most of us are, even when we're emotional, they have a really good attorney saying, you need to not agree to give away things that you can't get back. And so love will only take you so far. And if you've fallen out of love, then that's off the table. What you do now will reverberate for years to come. So you want to fight for what you want. You want to fight for what you want. Going back to Tina, she took on a lot of debt. She took on a lot of things that many people out there listening to this would be like, I don't want to do all that. I just want him to pay me or I just want her to give me half of her retirement or I just want this. 
you want to think about the fact that this is a this moment of getting a divorce is short and finite. The rest of your life will be affected by the decision. So figure out what it is that you want. How much do you need? How are you going to get it? Who has to give it to you? And how long does that last? We hear a lot of stories about alimony lasting for years and years and years and six-figure settlements. And and some of that is true and some of that is not true. And you can't assume that you're going to end up with that kind of lifestyle if you don't fight for that kind of lifestyle. And you've got to fight for what you want. So money changes everything. And in divorce, money becomes the place where a lot of bloody battles are going to be fought, where a lot of of, um, lies and recriminations and, and doublespeak are going to take place. But if you sit down and you figure out how much money do I need? Where am I going to get it from? Who's responsible for giving it to me? And how long is it going to last? Then you can prepare yourself for the battle to come. Money does change everything, but played right your money can become the thing that allows you to get on with your life, thrive into the next chapter, become whoever you wanted to be that you couldn't be before the divorce. And it can build you the foundation for everything that you've wanted up to this point and beyond. So if you start thinking about how overwhelming the money question is, listen to this podcast and remember those questions. How much money do I need? Realistically, who's going to give it to me? Realistically, how long is it going to last if it's alimony, child support, settlement? And finally, how am I going to bring more of it in? Because I know a lot of people listening who've been married, maybe your income was the secondary income, or maybe you even stopped working because you stayed home and raised the kids. And the question of how much becomes really important when you start dividing assets. And that's what I'll leave you with finally. Money in and of itself is just an asset. It's just another asset in the marriage, but it's one of the most emotionally laden ones. But don't give up other assets in exchange for less fighting, less you know, contentiousness, or to just get it over with. Because remember, remember, what you decide now can set you up for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about it will make you rich for the rest of your life, but keeping in mind Tina Turner. She walked out of that courtroom as Tina Turner And that made all of the difference. That's it. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next episode.